Hello, and welcome to the Female Farmer Project. This podcast series serves as a platform for women to discuss agricultural issues and give power to the traditional, cultural, and experience-driven knowledge. I'm Audra Mulkern, and I document the rise of women in agriculture. And I'm Kate Dowdy, and I'll be joining Audra as an interviewer and storyteller on this program. Kate and I are eager to tell you about our plans in this upcoming season. Some of these topics we have previously covered through essays and stories on our website, femalefarmerproject.org, and we're excited to explore this medium. Not only does it add the diverse voices of female farmers to the agricultural conversation, but it puts this information in a really consumable way for those of you who are busy doing farm chores. So tell me, Kate, what topics are you looking forward to exploring? I am so looking forward to our season. I've learned so much already in the few months that I've been working with you. Our first episode will be looking into some of the unique issues and innovative ways that farmers in Arizona are Mm -hmm. working to build a stronger food system because I was surprised to find out that Arizona has the highest ratio of female-owned and operated farms in the country. So we'll be looking into why that is what they're doing, all of the wonderful things that are happening there. Uh, We'll also be, yeah, we'll also be talking about mental health on the farm, which is something that's pretty ignored, Mm -hmm. but obviously very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm ready for that. And I also, I mean, I did my capstone research in college on farmland succession and transfer. So we'll be getting into that. And I think that'll be a great Those will be great conversations that we're having and a good way for me to keep exploring that research. I agree. There's some topics here that I am so excited to explore further. You know, I'm looking forward to talking to the pioneers who navigated the Boys Club and uh, land ownership and preservation efforts. You know, I'm a a real fan Mm -hmm. of uh, farmland trusts organizations. And we're going to explore some really interesting farm business models this season. Yeah, we'll hear a little bit about that today in this episode, 0.5, but uh, we'll get into that more in the future season. And let's not forget all of those farm support folks, like Ooh. nonprofits, yes, feed and seed, Love and the it. farmers market managers. We wouldn't be able to work without them. It's true. In that, I guess we are them, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's really going to be fun exploring the changing face of agriculture with you, Kate. I am so glad to be here. Uh, So like I said, this is episode 0.5. So we just put together a little short interview segment that Audra did with the owners of Amber Waves Farm in uh, New York. So uh, without further ado, we'll dive in there. Thank you for joining us today. I was I was food in a food coma. I was asleep. I had no idea what was going on around me. I knew I loved going to restaurants, but I had no sense of seasonality. It was very dulled out. That was the voice of Katie Baldwin, who started Amber Waves Farm with Amanda Merrow in 2009. Audra visited them in 2015, recorded this interview with her iPhone, sitting on farm, sipping coffee, and listening to the stories Katie and Amanda had to share. A lot of the audio is full of the sounds of buzzing insects and loud horns from the surrounding Long Island industries, so this episode will be short but sweet as a sun-gold tomato. 
Let's start with a snippet where Audra asked Katie and Amanda about how they used their past work experience and education to essentially develop a new farm system. So what, um, what from your previous history did you fall back on to create the systems? Are you your economics? Um, well, I think that, yeah, we, we have just always tried to not make the same mistake twice, or certainly not more than twice. Um, and we, I think we're pretty humble in those beginning years of trying things and seeing what didn't work. Um, everything I knew about farming was from one person. Same with Amanda, and it was the same person. So it's not like we were coming at it from like, oh, in my experience, I had we had the exact same farming experience. So <laughs> I actually think in the end, when maybe that would be a limiting factor of like you're not able to bring a a groundswell of knowledge to a new project, it at least, um, we were coming at it from the same angle, and then we could put our own twist and perspective on, oh, I think we should plant the kale closer together, because last year this happened, and we both had that same experience, so then we just started building that way, but I think, I didn't, I don't know that I would say I pulled that... anything from my former career into this, other than... I mean, I didn't even know how to file taxes. I didn't know how to run a business yeah, at the, all. The we lear- had to learn that on the fly. Yeah, the learning curve for, for doing this was, it's not only the, there are just, there. Are, well, one of the reasons we both love this so much is that our personalities really both, um, the novelty of farming is appealing to both of us and such, because there are so many, no day is ever like the previous day, um, which is funny because we do, are doing a lot of the same monotonous tasks again and again, but there are new challenges and new weather every day. And so it's, you know, the business and computer and bookkeeping side of things, but it's also soil science. And then the last three seasons, it's also been um, people and personality management and educating young people. And there are just so many parts of what we're doing that has kept us really interested and engaged. And so we haven't gotten bored or sedentary. Um, And the farm keeps evolving and keeps growing. So Katie and Amanda started Amber Waves from the same farm experience, but different backgrounds before they started. And with that unique set of experiences, they developed a system and business model centered on revitalizing the Long Island food shed. Their ideas are compelling and innovative, as you can tell from their talk on how they came to land on their current model. So um, what was the impetus, what was the, the kind of driving vision behind it? We, well, one of the, when Katie and I, um, really, our year at Quail Hill was like, get just this kind of gentle opportunity for us to fall in love with the work and in love with the story of food and, and really to develop our partnership and knowing that we could work well together. Sometimes you can be really good friends with someone and then not work well together. But Katie and I have only ever worked together, so. But during those days of really, um, it became clear midsummer, like, gosh, we really get along, and we could do this. Like, we could keep doing this. This is really, really fun, like crazy fun. Um, and we just started talking about um, what we like to eat and what we like to do, and we had kicked around a lot of ideas about the sorts of hypothetical farms that we could have, and they were always very themed farms. So we, we kicked around the idea for a minute of a fabric farm and growing fiber, both in animals, like growing wool and having cashmere goats and growing flax for linen and growing cotton and growing fabric dyes. And that 
didn't still interest it's still, me. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> so level. It, it, it ultimately didn't take I, I off. I think it's a good idea. It know. is a good idea. It ultimately didn't take off because we love food so much that we were thinking mm-hmm. of food first. So mm-hmm. in analyzing the East End food shed in particular, um, you know, it's interesting to be out here because we're surrounded by water on three sides. So there's not a lot of stuff coming in from three sides, um, at least, you know, on land. And when in analyzing the food shed, it's vegetables and fruit and honey and beer and wine and fish and meat and almost everything. And grains were missing in a huge way. Um, so when we were kicking around like a pizza farm idea and there are people doing some dairy and obviously vegetables around, but where would we ever get a pizza dough out here? Is anyone doing that? We started looking into it. And there, there were some growers who were growing um, wheat for animal feed. And there's a, a gentleman who does kosher wheat on the North Fork. But no one was growing organic wheat for flour to stay here on Long Island. And it just seemed like this wide open field. Sorting through this interview, I came across a snippet of the conversation that made me think about the keys to a successful working relationship. Working on a farm, or rather owning a farm, is obviously stressful, given all there is that influences success beyond keeping up with crop plans and schedules and all the little bumps in the road along the way. In this next section, Amanda really hits on one of the main reasons their operation has stayed strong and one of the best parts of the job. And, you know, the thing, I think, I'm thinking a lot about that question of, like, what we were falling back on that first year. I was just telling this story to Laura Rose and Ben, who were digging sweet potatoes together on Town Lane, that um, they were con- they were complimenting each other a lot because digging sweet potatoes is hard. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me that those first seasons, Katie and I, you know, had an agreement about being really positive to one another and mm-hmm. saying thank you for almost everything and saying every time you thought to yourself, Oh, she did a good job on that. Say that loud. And so we, I think we're constantly driving each other and still do that and treat our, our friendship and our business partnership really carefully and respectfully and kind of treat the relationship as a third player that that has to work in order for, for everything around us to work. And I think that this like female business partner partnership Mm -hmm. is, is the foundation of everything that we're doing is our friendship and support of one another and belief in each other. And we, we are very lucky to have found that. Yeah. And then on the, you know, on the flip side this morning, we're in the tomatoes picking tomatoes and I'm airing my grievances to Amanda about how tired I am and how burnt out I feel and just trying to like, but that's what works is that we have just like, nope, open, honest platform of share your feelings. And often when I say them out loud or vice versa, it's like, okay, you know how I'm feeling and I know how you're feeling and it's out there and like, okay, we just work through it. We're just tired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like when I reasons, arrived at, I'm just tired. One of the reasons this is so much fun is because you, just, you get to play around outside with your best friend all day. There isn't anything more fun. The interview contains so many wonderful pieces of wisdom. I wish I could share it all as the two farmers talk with Audra about entrepreneurship, the empowerment that one feels being a farmer, and providing service to their communities. Which brings us to our last little segment as our friends talk about one of the reasons why they farm. Um, I have really been stuck on this idea recently that 
farming is really a form of service and I feel like a public servant in a way that like because food is a basic need and it's this idea of filling these basic needs for your community and in a way that somebody has to do it. I mean we're we're not making very much money doing this it's like well okay then if we're not I mean it, it, I don't know what else how else to describe the work that we're doing it feels to me like public service this woman she said oh and I mean even if we were a for-profit I would still feel that way this woman said to me the other day, oh, how long have you, how long have you um, been in the public, public service sector? Because I told her that I worked in not-for-profit right out of college and whatever. And I was like, wow, that is all I have done since I have graduated college. Interesting. But food feels like, to me, it should not be, I mean, first maybe it should be public service. Make sure that people are eating well in your community and start there. That's what we're trying to do. Yes. Hearing that reaffirms what we are all trying to do as humans growing food for other humans is invaluable. The back pain, the broken fingers, exposure to the elements, all worth it in the service of our communities and the land that sustains us. I have to wrap up now, but I want to voice one final accolade for Katie and Amanda. The work they are doing and the lessons they are teaching at Amber Waves are so important, and if you want to learn more, visit their website at amberwavesfarm.org. Each episode will feature music from a different artist, occasionally artists who are also farmers, in order to keep spreading love and support in this community. This week, we heard music from Dana Hubanks, and our theme song was written and recorded by Joe Mulkern. Also, this episode has been sponsored in part by Top of the Hill Music. With each episode, we'll highlight a nonprofit or group working to provide for our farmers and make our community food system stronger alongside them. This week's special shout out goes to the Peconic Land Trust, conserving Long Island's working farms, natural land, and heritage for communities now and in their future. Amber Waves Farm, as well as Quail Hill, where Katie and Amanda did their apprenticeship, lease land from the Peconic Trust, and they protect nearly 12,000 acres of land in total. To learn more about the trust and to see how you can support them, visit peconiclandtrust.org. That's P-E-C-O-N-I-C landtrust.org. This is the end. We did it. Thank you for joining Audra and myself on our first, or rather, 0.5 episode. We're working as hard as we can to bring you the next one soon. If you have any ideas, suggestions, feedback, or anything you'd like to share with us, please email femalefarmerpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you in order to make this podcast just the best it can be. All of this information will be available to you at femalefarmerproject.org under the podcast tab under show notes. And now we're really done. Thanks, folks. <laughs>